Hi, I'm Joyce. And I'm Dwayne Sola. And you're listening to The Confidant, a podcast where we discuss the news you need to know at the intersection of business, tech, and culture. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different and take a deep dive into an issue that has been all over the news. We're looking at the writers and actors strike that is shaking the entertainment industry. But before we get into that, let's do a check-in. Joyin, how have you been? I have been good. Last night, I was in Met Stadium, screaming, laughing, crying, because I saw Beyonce. I saw Queen B. Yes. So how was it? Because I'm dying to get out there myself for the Miami show. What should I be looking forward to? It was so much fun. Like just the visuals, because she has a lot of intermissions between each, let's call them sets. The visuals are gorgeous. Like you really just want to be present and like watch the visuals, watch the outfit changes. The energy in the stadium was amazing. I mean, it was New Jersey slash New York. Like the energy was crazy. But I have to say, I was a little disappointed in the fashions. What? New York was stepping slow? I don't know. I was expecting a little bit more, but everyone was on the same page with the silver, the metallic. I didn't see anything that was like, wow, you really thought outside of the box. Of course, there were people here and there that really brought it. But overall, I was like yawning, snoring, boring, yawning, sloppy. You're over there being Anna Wintour while everybody's trying to have a good time. (laughs) But it's New York. You know what I mean? Like, I really thought people were going to bring the fashion. But back to Beyonce. I was there with my friend that actually saw the show in Amsterdam. And she said she was not giving these vocals in Amsterdam. So I think she took it up a couple notches for us here. But I loved it. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed myself. And there were just certain points where you're just like, wow, like, like she's really doing her thing. Beyonce is the performer of the ages. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm so happy you had a good time. And it makes me really look forward to my day. I'm going to make sure I come correct too with the fashion so I can get tens across the board from Ms. Doyen. Yes, correct. Absolutely. What did you get into this weekend? This weekend, I went to see the Brooklyn Library's Jay-Z exhibit. It was so good. They honored one of the best and brightest to come out of the city. His name truly rang through the halls of that building. They had stations where you can go see artifacts from different parts of his life. They have the Rockefeller chain in there. They have a recreation of the studios where he created some of his biggest hits. And they have this immersive experience at the top floor where you go inside and you're surrounded by walls of documentaries playing and him talking about some of the most challenging moments of his life. And not just the story that we already know, if you're a Jay-Z fan about how his childhood and his upbringing was rough and how he had to sell drugs to get out, all that stuff. It's about what he faced already at the peak of his career, breaking through the mold and making a name for himself and hip hop as a whole. It is the 50th anniversary of hip hop this August. So it's just so fitting to see him celebrated in this way. So that's why Beyonce was singing like rent was due. She knew that her in-laws were in town. 
<laughs> no, but that sounds like an amazing exhibit. I have to go check it out. Do you know how long it'll be around for? It's actually going to be around until August 15th. That's what the people in the library said. And then the coolest part is you get a little takeaway. If you live in Brooklyn, you can collect the library cards. They have 13 different versions of library cards that feature Jay-Z. And you can, you just got to rack them up like Pokemon. That is so dope. I love that. New York comes alive in the summertime. And this is just so perfect. The success that Barbie and Oppenheimer had during their opening weekend might not be recreated for a while, at least until the end of 2023. Two of the biggest unions representing workers in Hollywood, WGA and SAG-AFTRA, have been on strike. And it's not expected to be lifted until the groups are able to come into an agreement with Hollywood studios. So for those who don't know, WGA stands for the Writers Guild of America, and SAG-AFTRA stands for the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. WGA has been on strike since May 2nd of this year, and SAG-AFTRA joined them recently, July 14th. So let's break it down. What is going on? What is happening? Why are these unions on strike? The writers and actors are on strike for two major reasons. One, compensation, and two, the use of artificial intelligence. In terms of compensation, writers and actors are demanding better wages because streaming has impacted the amount of residual checks they receive once a project is completed. Back in the day, there were only so many channels that would air a show on TV or studios that would put out a movie but being that the world of technology has opened up with streaming and online video on demand that has created such a fragmentation in the amount of publishers that there are of this type of media so the checks have dwindled where actors and writers could make a good living for working on shows long after the shows have been published Nowadays, many are receiving pennies and even getting checks in negative amounts. Let's say there was a show on television, right? And you acted in the show or you wrote the script for the show. And you know, when you're sleeping at 11 p.m. and you wake up in the middle of the night and there are reruns playing, someone's getting a check every time an episode is aired on television. But like you mentioned, given that streaming has changed the game, actors like William Stanford Davis, who plays Mr. Johnson, you know Mr. Johnson, right, Joyce? Good old Mr. Johnson on Abbott Elementary. That is my show. What happened to him? So our beloved janitor said that he receives a residual check for five cents. Five. Are you kidding me? Five. You can't even go down to the corner store with five cents nowadays. Right. What's that going to get you? A look. (laughs) Someone tell you to get out. (laughs) I'm actually surprised that that's happening to him because Abbott Elementary is such a new show and it's one of the biggest programs on ABC right now. You'd think that that would be happening to someone who maybe had a show that aired and was popular back in the 90s or the early 2000s even. Even on Euphoria, one of the biggest shows on HBO, 
Sydney Sweeney revealed in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter that she doesn't have the income to be able to afford taking a break in between projects. They don't pay actors like they used to, according to her. And with streaming, you don't get residuals. Now, I do know that different studios have different rates. And again, it is smaller than the checks that people would receive from traditional syndication. Mark Proshk, for example, made more money off residuals from one season of guest appearances on The Office under the old system than he has in five seasons of starring in What We Do in the Shadows under the new system. It's wild. And from what I understand of how residuals with streaming is calculated, it just seems like subscriber count is taken into effect, the number of days that it's been on the platform is taken into effect. Regardless of what the math is, these actors are walking away with much smaller checks than they used to. I kind of get why they're striking. And the writers, too. It used to be that you didn't have to be front-facing to be someone who can make a good living off of working on these shows. So that's why we've seen on the premiere for Oppenheimer, the actors actually walked off stage without warning in support with the strike. And for Disney's premiere of The Haunted Mansion and the Barbie movie and different film festivals, people have been skipping out, deciding to stand in solidarity with striking workers. Some actors who have been super vocal about their support for change in the industry and have joined picket lines in Hollywood, in New York City. I've seen Lupita Nyong'o, Sarah Silverman, Jason Sudeikis, Daniel Day Kim, Stephen Colbert, Colin Farrell, and Viola Davis. The way that I initially learned that there was a writer's strike, part of my Sunday morning routine would be to watch clips from Saturday Night Live from the night before. And week one went by, I said, where are my clips? And I realized that even late night talk shows are on a hiatus. A lot of these shows that we found incredibly entertaining you realize how important the writers are. And as a result, if the writers are on strike, no Jimmy Fallon for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, even the award shows have been struggling with trying to figure out how to continue without writers. For the Tonys, I remember they had an entire opening dance number because you don't need words to bust a move, right? <laughs> right. They did a ton of choreography and it was beautiful, but it really spoke to the absence of the writing talent. And even the Emmys, they're looking at postponing them as they're announcing the nominations. People don't even know if they should be celebrating their nominations for the projects that they've worked on because it clashes against what's going on on the ground right now in Hollywood. So this is not the first time that the actors and writers have been on strike at the same time. The two unions have not been on strike together since 1960. So this is the first time in 63 years that we're seeing such disruption. The last time the writers were on strike in 2007, it cost the Southern California economy $2.1 billion, according to Forbes. It could be so much worse this time. Yeah, I saw that it could be up to $3 billion in economic fallout now that the Screen Actors Guild has been added in the mix. 
it's not just about selling movie tickets or getting people to tune into television shows. That's going to have such a costly impact on the economy because there's an entire ecosystem that is impacted by this industry from coffee shops to restaurants to PR firms. It was just like in COVID-19 in New York City when office buildings shut down, all of the small businesses that catered to those people and that foot traffic also suffered. I saw this one guy who talked to ABC7 Los Angeles, who manages a dry cleaning business, who said that 70% of his revenue comes from film and television productions. That's cleaning the costumes that they use on set that they have to reuse for the actors. Now that productions have stopped, they have to cut back on staff and store hours. That's only one example. I can only imagine what it's like to have an entire community having to deal with the strain of not having work anymore, especially for the hospitality industry that suffered so much during COVID already. Let's think about the PR firm. PR firms are being impacted given that a lot of actors are not allowed to do interviews promoting certain projects which means many PR firms are also feeling the squeeze and say that they can only hold off layoffs for so long. From PR firms to the crews that make the shows run on a day-to-day basis, you can really see how big the impact is. One thing I've noticed that really spikes the visibility of this movement is when big name actors step to the forefront and use their prominence, use their voice, to call for change out loud. Did you see what Viola Davis said? What'd she say? So she announced that she's stepping away from her upcoming project G20, despite SAG-AFTRA providing the film with a waiver to allow it to start production amid the strike. You know what I'm curious about? I'm curious about the people who are being tempted to cross the picket line to get production back underway, to give these production companies the ability to keep making money amid the strike. I've noticed that a lot of content creators and influencers are starting to be lured into the allure of having their own show, having their own reality series. I mean, that's the dream for a ton of people who are online building their audiences. Under any regular circumstance, I'm sure people would be jumping at the opportunity, but now people who entertain the idea when they're approached by Hollywood studios, they're getting looked at sideways by people who are members of WGA and SAG-AFTRA because it is considered scabbing and crossing the picket line and going against protocol. I can just see in like two years, a decision like that to cross the picket line and maybe take advantage of an opportunity bite them in the butt. I feel like a lot of them wouldn't even realize it until it was too late. And that's the unfortunate part. Did you know that the last writer strike that happened in 2007 is accredited with being the reason why reality TV and unscripted series blew up in popularity? I'm wondering if this could be a new wave of reality TV that comes out. The fact that studios could no longer rely on writers to put out scripts, they decided to switch things up and turn the industry on its head by making unscripted series more popular and shows that we know now like The Real Housewives and all the reality like Fear Factor and Big Brother and things that don't necessarily require you to have actors, but more so people who can use their personality as the selling point. That really changed how we watch TV today.
now that artificial intelligence is really in play and has grown so fast in a short amount of time, actors are really taking steps to make sure that they're protected against any ways that studios might use their voices, their image, and recreate it without them having to physically be present. And writers are worried that studios can use software like chat GPT and more advanced things to recreate scripts and make entire movies without having writers at the table. It honestly reminds me of that Black Mirror episode called Joan is Awful, where <laughs> where the main character is being depicted on a streaming television show. She's being played by Salma Hayek. But the funny thing is, Salma Hayek wasn't actually acting out the role. It was an AI-generated likeness of Hayek that she had unknowingly signed and allowed in her contract. So it's funny because actors in particular are worried about this, and there's a Black Mirror episode that kind of touches on this topic and what it means to have your character doing awful things on a television show that you didn't actually permit, but because you signed a contract and allowed them to use your likeness in anything, you can't really do much. Black Mirror knows something. <laughs> <laughs> the writers at Black Mirror, they know something because they're always so on point with their predictions. I mean, even Samuel L. Jackson in real life, he spoke about artificial intelligence in Hollywood and told the Rolling Stone that when he is signing his contract and he sees anything that says in perpetuity or in the known and unknown, this is real language that shows up in contracts, he crosses that thing out with the red ink because he's letting the studios know, I do not approve of this. And I'm sure his estate, you know, God forbid anything happens to our good brother, is going to be very litigious when it comes to the recreation of his likeness because he is an iconic actor and plays very iconic characters. So, of course, the studios would want to be able to capitalize off of that, but it's just a matter of time for us to see how that actually plays out in the long term. All this technology is still so new. One studio executive told Deadline that the end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their houses. Some of these executives just seem so out of touch when it comes to workers, whether that be the writers or actors, looking for a livable wage. Because that's ultimately what this is about. They want to get paid enough to be able to live comfortably. And it's quite shocking to see someone say, yeah, we're just going to play the long game until they start starving and can't afford their homes and they'll come back around, especially when these executives make millions of dollars a year. And that's the whole point of the unions. What they want the people to hear at the studios is that although you guys profit greatly off of the work we do, we create the content and we're the face of the industry. Now it's time for a little something dulce. Joy, so what's up? What's your something sweet? My something sweet? I'm really loving Laneige and all of their lip products. I'm sorry, but once you get started on the lip sleeping mask, you can't stop. I have also the lip glowy balm, which I'm convinced is just the lip sleeping mask in a tube that you can throw in your purse, right? 
but it just makes everything feel so luscious and soft and it comes in these delicious flavors. I don't even know if you should be even saying delicious when it comes to skincare, but like, why do they make it taste good? <laughs> Adds to list. If you don't have it already, add that to your cart. Like, who chopstick who? It's like Aquaphor's sexy cousin from out of town. <laughs> Not their sexy cousin from out of town. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm really loving this week. And I feel like I'm going to slowly accumulate an unhealthy collection so pray for me I will (laughs) what are you into what's your something sweet Doyen my something sweet is just really looking to end the summer on a strong note I feel like August is going to be so much fun I have tons of plans and traveling for my cousin's wedding so I'm really looking forward to August and having a good time where's the wedding gonna be in London. Is that so? It is, yeah. <laughs> have you been to London before? I have been to London before, but I was younger. Um, I'm older now. I also was staying with an overprotective auntie when I went the first time. I was like, you can't go there. You can't go here. You shouldn't do this. Now I'm going to go and I'm going to enjoy and it'll be a lot of fun. Be like, auntie, I am grown now. Exactly. <laughs> that song I'm grown now I'm grownish watch out world I'm grown now I'm grown now it's about to go down that's the copyright free version right Chloe and Hallie wish <laughs> Chloe and Hallie who that's it for this week's episode of The Confidant see you next time bye Toodles.